0: Hello humans, welcome to the Athlete's Couch. I'm super excited. I have Coach Day here with us. Um, I met him at my time at Akron. Sadly, he uh, never actually coached me, but we had him for a few days of like warming up when our coaches were late or whatever. And he was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, whoa, this, this dude has so much energy. It's six in the morning. Oh my gosh, and everyone was kind of looking around, like, how is this dude this hype?" Like, I love it. Um, So I would have loved to have had more time with you at Akron, but I'm excited to hear your story and uh, hopefully it can help some people. So will you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, uh, my name's Coach Day, obviously, uh, AKA Don Day, AKA D-Day, AKA the Warthog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm from Akron originally. Uh, I was at Akron for consecutively like two years but overall i think it was like somewhere around four or five years oh wow yeah it, it was my longest college career stint i did there for four years and then george southern was three years but everywhere else it has been a year or whatever and uh i'm married i have uh, my wife Brianna. she works at uh, portage path as a, a behavioral you know clinical manager and then uh I'm trying to think. I have a baby who's turning six months old here in about two, three weeks. Oh. Uh, we have a dog named Fritz, and uh, I just accepted a job at uh, Driveline Baseball, the biggest baseball training uh, company in the world, and uh, I'll be moving out there here shortly, here in the next two
0: months. That's sick. Where are you moving to for
1: that? I'll be doing my onboarding in uh, Kent, Washington, which is like 30 minutes south of Seattle.
0: Okay, Washington's beautiful state. That's exciting.
1: <laughs> I've never been. I am excited. I've been the first well I've been to California to, when we played uh, I was at Arizona when mm-hmm. we played USC. Uh, I went to LA which is literally terrible. Uh, <laughs> nice, is nice, like the movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I uh, I've been to Oregon before. I've never been to Washington. I've almost been I've been to a lot of states. but mm-hmm. This is going to be Close to the furthest out west I've ever lived. I lived in Arizona. That was probably the furthest I
0: lived. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a really new, exciting adventure for you. I'm excited to follow along with it. How did you get into sports? What was life growing up as Little Coach Day and uh, Coach getting, Day. getting into <laughs> athletics? What was that like? Uh,
1: you know, baby warthog. Uh, <laughs> it
0: was it – was, I wasn't ever – I was
1: good in high school. And I kind of peaked in high school and was Mm. all right in college I was like a career backup Uh, but my strength coach was like my uh, big kind of driving factor of why I wanted to become a strength coach and honestly the style I use the way I coach everything I learned from him Uh and uh, you know that kind of took me throughout my career and uh, the start of my career obviously at Akron I was lucky enough to work for the Bowdens and some pretty high profile coaches along my, my path and it just kept kind of going and then eventually i wound up at georgia southern as an assistant then i became a director uh worked with baseball down there and i found my love for baseball with georgia southern Mm -hmm. and from there on it's just different moves different career moves and uh different uh experiences that kind of have brought me to this point i actually driveline i was uh, i met uh, uh coach rooney who's now working with the Cubs, I met him about three or four years ago when I was at Arizona. And I told my uncle, who now is the assistant strength coach at uh, Georgia, but we're working together at Arizona, I told him, if I ever get a chance to work at Driveline, I'm going to get out of college. I'm going to work at Driveline. So here, three, or four years later, I got a call and boom, it all worked
0: out. Oh, that's so exciting. It's It started a long time ago, and now you get to see the dream come true. That's cool.
1: Yep. Yep, it's all
0: come full circle. Yeah, I love a full circle moment. It just feels, everything feels so right. Um, 100%. Yeah, that's really cool that you had a lot of good mentors throughout your career that, like, just inspired you to become a better strength coach, a better person and everything. I really like that. Um, What teams have you really been a part of? Because I know you're with the swim team. You have been with baseball mostly. Um, What is... Balancing the different sportsmen like Honestly, the requirements of the job have changed over the course of time, like mm. just
1: in general uh, I'd say during my time at Akron The biggest thing was balancing not just expectations From like other coaches and like the outside coaches mm-hmm. But like balancing the expectations I had for myself mm. You know what I mean? And like not I'm like an all or nothing guy mm-hmm. So like, for example, like I'm going out to the Swim and Dive MAC Championship next week. I got uh, Airbnb and OU to cheer them on. Because oh. uh, I'm like a lifetime coach. Like, once well, I'm a coach, I'm your coach forever. <laughs> I'm going to some baseball games while I'm still in town. You know, I've, I've had baseball over for dinner every year. I've had volleyball over for dinner every year. Uh, I go to almost all of my Swim and Dive. I went to almost all the Swim and Dive events. I went to 100% of home games for baseball, volleyball, and I think 99% of home games for swim and dive, I missed one because I, you know, I was on paternity leave for the baby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, uh, I think that not from a strength and conditioning standpoint, cause that, that's, that's why I have the jobs I've had. Like I'm good at it. It's mm-hmm. all easy It's easy for me. But, uh, from a relationship and management standpoint, those were the biggest challenges that I had mm-hmm. to learn to, you know, figure out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the all the things that you said is like so important to an athlete and you look up to you as a coach so much because of the way that you treat them just so human-like and are very raw and I've, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good way to explain it. <laughs> but that's like what, that's what needs to come out of more of athletics and just because it gets so businessy at the college level and so political, and people aren't raw, and real, and share their just realness, and humanness, and I think that that's so beautiful You portray that perfectly.
1: I appreciate that, man. (laughs) I mean, I spent 11 or 12 years, I can't remember, in college athletics, where I got to do whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get to say that, but, like, most people are right, wrong, or indifferent. They're, They're protecting their paychecks. They're making sure that uh, uh, and I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably well-documented somewhere else in <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? But, like, uh, I just always want to just do what I thought. From the point of my athletes, I always wanted to do what I thought was right, no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. if we, can, we can disagree on something from, like, a coach to a, a strength coach mm-hmm. perspective. We can disagree, but... If you go to a doctor's office and they tell you you're dying, you're not going to disagree with them. Mm-hmm. I'm the professional. Yeah. You're a professional in your area. So we can collaborate on stuff. Tell me what you want and I'll get you guys, your your ladies or guys there. But from a, uh, you know, I'm not going to do exercises that I think are going to put the athletes at harm. Yeah. I'm not going to do stuff that I think are going to put the athletes at harm. Like I'm just, I'm going to do what I know is best at this moment. For my athletes, and then when it comes to leading people, like no one wants to be led by Superman, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they want someone that actually shows who they are and their flaws, and then mm-hmm. you can make a decision right, wrong, or different from there. Like, hey, if you don't like my style and all that stuff, then make a decision. Hey, we go our separate ways, but like, I want you to at least be able to make the decision versus you have no idea what you're gonna get from me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I've always I, that's always kind of been. I've had to refine that style over the course of time. Like yeah. I messed up many times in that style, but like I've had to learn how to adjust the volume on who I am based off of the people that I'm leading. Mm-hmm. Never to say I'm faking it. Just how much of me you're actually. Eating. Yeah. But like, uh, I think the best thing to do is be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, when you leading people, you gotta be authentic. Otherwise you can't lead someone and try to get the best out of them. If you're not you. Yeah. I mean, you're holding back who you are. That's hard to do. And then lead someone else and leading people's hard. Like, you know
0: I mean? I'm still figuring out how to manage and lead people, but the best way I know how is to be authentic. Yeah. I love that. And I think the, you touched on this in the beginning, a little bit of the managing the strength coach with the coach uh, part. It's a hard aspect to manage because you both have to come to work together, but it also is a lot of, I respect your job and you, became the coach of your team for a reason and I respect all the things that you do but you also have to respect me and I saw some friction in that as from an athlete standpoint as oh, well yeah, sometimes it's, it's the I
1: won't talk too much on specifics but I was at
0: uh you know I was at your alma mater
1: mm-hmm. 11 years ago and it hasn't really changed that much mm-hmm. so you know what I mean it is what it is not that the, it hasn't gotten better
0: in terms of buildings whatever you know yeah.
1: material things but like those frictions existed back then yeah something that you have to learn that like it's not just happening to you Mm -hmm. it's happened
0: before yeah
1: and that uh uh, you have to learn how to work with you i mean there were some coaches i could not stand at all (laughs) that i had to like work with and we won together yeah there were coaches that i didn't think i was gonna like that i ended up liking Mm. and then the opposite there were coaches that i i thought i was gonna like that i didn't like yeah i mean so like and it it was all from a personal standpoint Mm -hmm. from a work standpoint you know the job is the job I yeah know business and, and personal like business is business mm-hmm. you know what i mean and when i get results or when you see your athletes getting results from the things that they're the methods that i'm instilling i would hope that like a good businessman you would back off of what i do
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: that's kind of the way i always approach those like very hard outlier situations yeah. other situations it's just about building the relationship And then they let you do whatever, but like, if it's a hard nose, you know, I've had to have those conversations where I've had to literally show statistical data Mm. and say, listen, we all, you always want to do it this way. This is the statistical data we get. This is statistical data we get when we're doing it this way. Mm Mm-hmm this is why i do it this way this is why i'm going to continue to do it this way if you have any problems we can take it up with the administration but mm-hmm. this is the statistical data that we're getting from doing these these are the the results this isn't objective feedback this yeah. is sub this isn't subjective feedback this is objective data
0: and you all have the same end goal at the end of the day is you want to win and you want to make athletes better you know
1: a hundred percent like to me it's all about making the athletes better and like you know what i mean like at, at the end of the day i get into this i i, I got in college for the athlete. you know what i mean like i wanted to be there for the athlete like no one said mm-hmm. hey you're the strength coach so you have to host dinners or you're the strength coach yeah. so you have to come to these events or you're the strength coach so you have to uh uh get to know their parents or like you're the strength it's not stuff that you have to do right mm-hmm. but that's stuff i enjoy because strength coach sport coach, i'm a coach mm-hmm. you know what i mean so even now i'm a coach
0: I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that means so much to the athlete of just knowing them on a human level outside of their sport and getting to know their flaws and the um, just the real beauty of them as a human is something that's so touching as an athlete. So could you touch on your, as we talked about it a little bit before and you're like, I got a good mental health story to oh, share. Oh, oh, oh. So let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, could you share that? Yeah, I'll share it. I'll talk about getting to know their flaws and all the kind of like going on with
1: the whole being a coach thing. So, uh, one night I got a, uh, I was getting a text message. It was like 12 o'clock at night. I got Mm -hmm. a text message and I was like, eh, I'm not going to answer that. That person's probably intoxicated, whatever. Then I get a call. I'm like, I'm not going to answer that call either. That's kind of like, you know, I thought it was aggressive. So I'm just not going to answer. Like, I'm just going to have to tell this person on Monday Hey, don't ever do that again. Yeah. And and then I got a call from that person's teammate and I was like, Oh shit. So, Mm. uh, I answered the call and the, uh, athlete was in the hospital and like, I didn't really know why at the time and they need me to like come out there. So I was like, okay. So like I figured it was like a drinking thing or something like that. Long story short, I go to the hospital, and, uh, uh, you know, we go through some things and all that stuff, but I find out the athlete, you know, was, uh, uh, tried to end her life, like, was at risk of ending her life, or, like, whatever, something around those lines, right, and uh, it was a long, like, a long process, and then eventually got through that process, uh, and, you know, there was no i'd say consequences because that person ended up transferring so there's no consequences even though it was the sport coach that had drove her to that point there was no consequences mm. which i thought was bs or whatever mm. uh uh really kind of like started to make things look uh not so bright on the college athletic perspective yeah. like i knew there was a lot of messed up things
0: that happened yeah. in college
1: athletics but i was like
0: dang like yeah it's just irking you differently it's not jiving anymore it's it it, it, didn't
1: jive me me differently so like you know I was really close to that person I'm still close to that person and I was like the only person they called because of my closeness with my team and uh I kind of like really started to dive more into the leadership and the like team culture aspect of getting in there and like how we talked about getting to know your athletes and being raw and being you like i mean how i knew the the person that called me was scared dealing with the situation i was scared shitless. Mm. it was i i could tell it was a lot for that person so i had to be strong for them yeah and for the person that was going through that process uh but you know i was i was like holy hell what do i do like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like how do i it's like, I guess, being a parent when your kid, like, gets arrested for the first time. Like, you know what I mean? You're trying to be, you're trying to boss up, but you've never, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad everyone came out all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that, like, that person has now gone on to be very successful oh. and I still keep in touch with that person. The then you know, that it taught me, I think it taught everyone that happened to deal with that situation something about ourselves and mm-hmm. what you can do. And then, like, leadership. Honestly, it taught us a lot mm. about leading people, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of taking care of people, a lot of just being authentic mm. in dealing with how you help people, because this
0: person was a, uh, the individual that had gone through this mental health scare was someone that you wouldn't think would be going through that. Yeah, I was oh. just going to ask that, did you, like, see any... Things where you were like, oh, okay, this makes sense now, or nothing. No, I mean, because no, you no. just thought that they were intoxicated.
1: Yeah, like, I just thought they were intoxicated, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hey, this text Coach Day, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, like I, uh, it just goes to show, like, you never know, like, yeah. what anyone's going through. And, like, as a coach, too, now, I've never driven anyone to the point where they've themselves in this situation because i'm not you know i'm not uh, uh inhuman yeah like you can be hard on a kid sometimes i've been i've done this i've been hard on someone and maybe they didn't understand why i was being hard on mm. them. like I, I have a perfect example in my head like there's one lady who really good athlete and but never plays mm-hmm. you know what i mean never play or plays a lot plays a lot for a little bit of time but gets hurt because mm. they don't take their rehab serious. They don't do this serious. But everyone keeps telling this lady, you're going to be good. Yeah. So you're not going to be good if you never play. Because you don't take all the steps necessary to do what you need to do to stay on the court. And this isn't about playing. This is a microcosm of life. Like mm-hmm. You can't just listen to what everyone tells you. And Because I've done that. I've, yeah, People told me I was going to be really good. I should be a power five head guy. football right now making a million dollars is how people told me while i was coming up right Mm -hmm. i was the youngest head strength coach in the nation at one point oh wow at the age of 26 but so i i was i saw myself in this person cocky but a really good person Mm -hmm. so i I felt like i needed to code like coach them through this you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and i i didn't do a good job of i think giving my message and this is mm. a person i had a relationship with like a yeah. good solid relationship with they've you know they've seen my baby like you know what i mean they've helped my baby like you know all that kind of stuff but uh now that i'm not in the ncaa i can say all this kind of stuff <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> i'm a coach like a co- i'm a coach's coach i'm a coach man
0: a yeah coach. but
1: anyway if my kids need help i help i uh, uh was trying to get this person to understand like it doesn't matter how good people are telling you you mm. are because I would ask their coaches, like, "Hey, how good is this person?" Well, they're good in high school. Well, what, what, there's a lot of people that are good in high school. Yeah. Like, oh, they make plays sometimes when they're healthy. Well, that's that's not a good, that's not no. a good athlete to me. Like, if you make plays sometimes when you're healthy, that's not that's not good recruiting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, like what are you. I made good plays when I could make good plays, but I wasn't a good player, you know what i <laughs> Like, everyone can fall into good plays. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> so I was pretty hard on this person and pushed this person probably harder than they've been pushed and, like, stayed on them. And, like, I think that I was going about it without telling them why. Mm. And that was, like, probably where I messed up. Like, mm. I messed up all the time, but, like, I felt bad because, like, I never told them, like, hey, I'm pushing you like this because I care about yeah. you yeah, and because I don't want you to get hurt again. You've already been slacking off in rehab. You're already looking for ways out of things. Like I am going to not back off of you because someone has. Yeah. If someone didn't care enough. They were just using you to get some, some good plays out. Of yeah. You. So and, I, I don't, and I don't care about
0: that. You're holding them to a standard that they deserve to be held to because you can see the the vision for them i'm sure she's so thankful for how you have held her to that and it's something that people need sometimes i'm sure i needed that a lot of times too you know
1: it, we all did like yeah. i mean i would come into i mean i'll never forget i came into practice one day hung over smelled like whatever i smelt like <laughs> and uh, uh probably at the time mm, whiskey and, uh, <laughs> someone told me we don't come to practice smelling like whiskey mm-hmm. and that like and then I
0: never did again yeah you know what I
1: mean like but if you don't but someone had to tell me that and that's where I messed up with this athlete it would have been a lot easier uh, more buy-in I'd say if I held her to that standard on the front end not that like I made her do more than she ever did or like anything like that it was just hey like I'm getting on you and I'm like mm-hmm. you might feel like I'm getting on just you but no I'm telling you exactly what you need to hear yeah I'm not just letting you like skip by because I know you're not you're not I know who you are
0: Mm -hmm. you know I mean I see you now yeah and I think that there's a lot of coaches who never even have that conversation and that conversation of I'm just pushing you more because I care about you is so big and I think that Uh, either that's not the intention of some coaches or they just never even have that conversation. So even though you had it late, it's still so valuable. And I think thinking just in this conversation, thinking about my strength coaches, they meant so much to me because they really just saw me for like who I could be and pushed me um, in the correct ways. And I think that that's how it was for a lot of my teammates as well. Our strength coaches just always saw us on a different level and, appreciated us more than um we were by others and it's something that I'm forever thankful for my strength coach like I text Nick all the time I'm like I think about him I'm like wow I'm so thankful I had an outlet like him and who saw the struggles that we were going through and made them just real and not feel like their ball of imagination that we made up in our head and are convincing ourselves that are true someone saying those things to you can make the world of a difference in college athletics
1: 100 percent, and the thing is like regardless of like everyone has different levels of stress they can take Mm -hmm. right and like everyone's reality is real Mm -hmm. so like there is no reason for me to dis uh disprove your reality because your reality is your reality Mm -hmm. right like there's days where i feel and this is like weird I, I don't i've never said anything like this
0: but i'm gonna say
1: it so there's days where i like look in the mirror i'm like dang i feel fat like you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: i'll go on a walk and i'll feel like jacked and i'm like i'm probably not jacked after going on board. like you know what i mean or, like i'll get done lifting i'm like man i feel like i've lost like 15 pounds like i feel like you know yoked up or like, or, like you know what i'm saying or like i'll go on a scale and i'll be like 247 and I'll feel like, dang, I'm so sloppy. Like, blah, mm. blah, I'll get in the lift. I'll go on a scale. I'll be 247. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm looking good. You know what I mean? So, like, everyone's reality is mm-hmm. real to them. So, there's no reason for me to disprove your reality wrong. Like, there's nothing like, hey, like, if this is what you're going through and these are the struggles you're going through, let's talk about it. I and mean, let mm-hmm. me maybe tell you how my reality is to give you an outside perspective that it, what you're going through might not be the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like... I, uh, uh, had hand surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I just had, like, a little, like, I had, like, I fell in Arizona. I don't remember where or when. (laughs) It was somewhere in the desert. I'm guessing close to Mexico because I used to go down there all the time. I fell and got, like, a piece of glass in my hand, Mm. and I had to eventually get it taken out, right? Mm -hmm. And that needle hurt. But, like, so that was my reality, right? Like, oh, hand surgery hurts. Well, someone that gets their hand amputated Mm. probably could tell me, hey, man, it's probably not the worst thing in the world, right? Let me tell you what my reality looks like. So, like, I think just sharing information yeah. with people, and like, listening and, like, not trying to... Like, people have conversations to prove points.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're trying to help someone, just listen to what their yeah. reality is like and just give advice. Like, don't take whatever I say and do whatever you want with it, how it fits your reality.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that just having the conversation and listening is it seems so first grade but it's so it's something that I think you have to learn over and over and over again and daily practice of like what people say is showing you a picture of the inside of their mind and how they feel and it's so easy to quickly judge because you don't understand the full grasp of what they're going through and what their reality is like but if you learn to just fully listen without thinking first and that's something that's so hard to do i think it's a daily task to rewire yourself to not think about the next thing to say and just fully listen to them and then be like okay let me take this in and then i'll respond after and it's not a I think that that's so big. And it seems, it, like I said, it seems so first grade, but it's so, it's just human and it's just so necessary to, um, like I saw this quote the other day and it was, uh, it was like, I can never change the world. And it was like, have you ever sat down and had a conversation with a friend and like or a friend who's struggling? And it's so, that's, you're not changing the world, but you're changing that person's world. And that's the same thing
1: hundred percent, like, I, uh, there were times where I was at a certain school, and I was probably, you know, doing things, I was, I was drinking heavily, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I had gone through some trauma, or whatever you want to say beforehand, mm-hmm. I was going on my own self-pity party, not to, not to knock down anyone who has problems drinking, but like, by personal things was i was going through a pity party yeah I was drinking heavily like at yeah. work, i was fine anytime i wasn't at work i was drunk mm-hmm. so like i had two people sit me down and say hey like you do this 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 and this exceptionally well but mm-hmm. this part of your life is a mess mm-hmm. and if you could clean this up you'd be great mm-hmm. and them having that conversation with me propelled me on the track of where i am now where i can help someone that's struggling with mental health. I can go to the hospital and wait eight, nine hours with like a a team leader and calm her while I'm freaking out. Like I can, I can uh, be available for things like that. I can host people uh, at my house and have like dinner parties Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, and be, I'm not, I'm like not so, I'm not numb anymore. So Mm -hmm. I can actually give, pieces of myself yeah. to people again but like there was a period of about six months where I was just numb I mm-hmm. was just trying to intentionally numb myself all the time yeah and then once they sat me down and had that conversation that changed who I that changed that put me that changed everything for me then I was able to affect positively affect other people you know what I
0: mean yeah that's so real thank you for sharing that and I think that that's something that a lot of college athletes like experience and for me it wasn't drinking but it was smoking and it was like I was just numb I like was just sad and didn't want to like feel all those things so the easy option is drinking or smoking and everyone's doing it so why does it why but you have to really come to face the truth of that I can't be doing all these things all the time not that the alcohol or the weed is the problem but what i'm using it as is the problem a hundred percent like i can sit down now and have a drink and like yeah be not that i could never
1: die. like you know what i mean i don't yeah. want to like dramatize
0: my shit. But, like, no i know what you're saying I, I what
1: i was doing it for like you know what i mean like i can i generally enjoy savory tastes. so mm-hmm. i love bourbon I like cigars i love stuff like that yeah so like i love to sit down have a bourbon have a cigar mm-hmm. and just enjoy it instead of have 15 bourbons or you know, I mean Mm -hmm. stuff like that so like like you said like what you use it for is the problem When you start like trying to just dumb yourself and like you avoid Things like yeah, I had to look at the entirety of why I was drinking in excess and say Okay This is what happened to me. This is why it happened on the one people's end Mm -hmm. This is probably some things I could have done differently and shouldn't do again and this is the overarching meaning of all of this and where I'm going to take this. Like things happen to you right, wrong or different. Like bad things happen to you. Good things happen to you and different things happen to you. And you have to make a decision to not be a victim. Yeah. I mean, like
0: that's hard. That's real. It's
1: hard. It's hard. Like, yeah, you can get, you can get, you can get shot in the, in the arm and lose your arm. Obviously you were victimized, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a victim mm. you know what i'm saying like you don't have to let those people control your mm. outputs in your life forever yeah like, getting shot is a, a momentary you're thing.
0: preaching all, now you're preaching i am i am <laughs> that's good
1: right now it's a momentary thing like losing your arm losing your hand like the i lost a lot but it was bo it all happened in a moment really yeah like, you know what i mean like it's all momentary things that i allowed myself to be a victim for six months mm-hmm. Because of a moment, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that don't make sense. Like yeah. I'm drinking myself into oblivion because of a moment. So, yeah. Like and being a victim. Mm-hmm. And and it just uh, I like I said, you can't help if you're victimized. Yeah. You cannot help that hundred hundred ten percent cannot yeah. help that. But you don't have to be a victim. Yeah. You never have to be a victim because there's so many people that choose not to be a victims and literally. I got to one point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize at the time, that was the very first time I said, I'm not going to be a victim. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't verbalize that. I just didn't want to be better, right? And then some situations happened uh, within the last year where I was like, damn, I'm stuck, or Mm -hmm. damn, I've been lied to, or damn, like uh, people said they were going to do one thing and another thing. You know, happened
0: or whatever. And I was like, I can sit here and throw a pity party. Yeah. Or I can refuse to be a victim and make, make things happen. And,
1: you know, I think that when you start moving forward, things start churning. Yeah. Right? So, like, me moving forward and doing ended up me achieving other things. Right?
0: Yeah. I have, like, three points off of that. One, the doing. Like, you just got to do. Like, it's so, you can think about it all all you want but you just got to do you just got to make that first email like that's so important um and then two I think that it's for you and probably for me as and for me as well it was well I'm still showing up to my things I'm still doing my job sober I'm still doing all these things sober and I'm but when I get home I'm in a different space I'm I'm not around people I'm Uh, I can hide, you know, and then, but it's just, it's not good for yourself and it's not good for others because like the third point, you can't, if you're not, if you're numbing yourself in your alone time, then you can't fully give yourself to the people, like you said, and it is, I saw that in myself so much of, I was just one, like scared and like insecure too, because I wasn't doing the things I was supposed to be doing in my alone time, in my silence, you know? hmm Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. I, uh, I had built something that meant a lot to me, and then I lost it, mm. partially because of people that stabbed me in the back, partially because of my own doing, not seeing that it was happening, uh, partially. There was, a lot, there was a lot of different reasons. Like mm-hmm. tons of different reasons. But the main reason was I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. Yeah. You know I mean, there were too many things happening. Like, I can't pinpoint it and say, this is why I lost this. Like, there was, like, literally, like, any everything that you could think of was happening. And, uh, I was just trying to numb myself from the feeling of, like, loss. Like, damn, yeah. Like, I mean, I was, I mean, I was at a, uh, I, I was at a Power Five school with, you know, chefs and like anything I wanted, I could do anything I wanted in the city and all that stuff. And I still was reeling from the loss of this certain thing. Mm. So, like, I just needed to like really wake up and be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, man, you got to figure this out." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not it's not that bad. There's yeah. a lot of people that wish they could be you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? but I I didn't. I mean, I enjoyed my time at Arizona. But, like, I was still reeling from stuff I had lost. So, like, I really didn't get to take the time in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I didn't enjoy it like I should
0: have. Yeah. You got to take the time to heal from the past things. Otherwise, you're going to bleed all over the good things that you have and the other people in your life. And um, it's, it's hard to do that. But it's really so necessary. And it's not fun. But it's... You just gotta well, not just fun. just gotta heal yourself, and then you can move past it. And like you said, of like it just wasn't where you're supposed to be. I think that there's a lot of times where life just shows you that that's not where you're supposed to be because everything comes crumbling down, and it's like okay, I have to move on. Yeah. But you yeah, always maybe. knew that in the back of your head, probably, I probably shouldn't be here. This is I need to do something else. The chapter is coming to a close. But it wasn't until everything came crashing on you that you're like okay, Yep. Yeah. all right, I'll step back.
1: The person I was during the time period of the place I was at was not sustainable. Mm. Like, that person was terrible. <laughs> like, a terrible, terrible
0: human being. And I, that was not me, and it wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. to keep being that yeah. way. That's so but real. I, mean, I think so many people have that same feeling, and it's like, I was, like, for me, my senior year, I was a terrible friend. That was not me. I don't know. I mean, it was me because I, I made those decisions, but it's, like, yeah, exactly. I, I'm i not choosing to accept that version of me moving on, and I'm going to move on to a different version of me and create a different place in myself. I, I find that me personally,
1: like... When I start having more fun, I'm mm-hmm. probably <laughs> not not staying on track I, I need to be. You know what I mean? Like when every every day is like a party, it's probably not a good idea. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I should I should be having achievements and like achieving things, but like every day shouldn't be like yeah. a
0: party. Things have I mean? to be hard. Like yeah. things have to suck. For you to grow. And if things aren't sucking. And things aren't getting hard. Then that's where you're either like too content. Or you just have to look at it from a different lens. And be like okay. I I need to make myself uncomfortable. I gotta get uh, myself to the next level. You know. 100%. And that was
1: like. <clears throat> I usually find that like. Like. Like you just said, like, you know, you, you got to go through hard times to get to like, you know, to the good times. And like, you know, these past like two years, I've just been losing out on things or like I've mm. been going through some hard, like not hard. I can't say everything was relatively hard. It was a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it was tough, but it wasn't hard. Yeah. Was just doing, but like, you know, it led me to where I'm at today. Yeah. Like, you know, like the uh, getting Suarez done, that was mm-hmm. hard. But it wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, getting all that technology mm-hmm. throughout the weight rooms, like, that was like hard, but it wasn't like the end of the world. It was just doing all, yeah, all I was putting in time and doing and like, yeah, being in the forefront of why I'm doing it, which was like,
0: our athletes need this, so I'm gonna find ways to get it done. Yeah, I love that. Um, this has been so great, uh, but. One last thing I'll ask you is, do you have any tangible tip that like, or quote or whatever it was that got you through those tough moments and that you could share to someone else at the start of it?
1: I have two. Two quotes I have tatted on my body. All right. So, one, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians nine. Mm, that's good. And then. On my shoulder, it says, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me, from the Mm. movie The Departed.
0: That's good. Wow. So,
1: those are two things that have, like, always kind of stuck with me. And, like, I, would like, whenever, like, you know, college athletics is very unforgiving, especially for strength coaches. Uh, There's a lot of, like, selfishness. There's a lot of people telling you you're wrong. There's Mm. a lot of people that don't know what you do trying to tell you what to do. (laughs) So, like... For me it was always just hey i gotta keep my head down yeah I just gotta keep working or like i got you're constantly pushing yourself to be better right yeah. so like and that's another last quote because things are better in threes uh, <laughs> Ka- kaizen continual change for the good so like kind of goes along with all of those like just mm-hmm. constantly trying to get better every single day and not like resting because yeah. when you're resting like you're falling behind
0: yeah i love that that's so good well I, we've talked about so many like good, real things, and uh, I love this. I'm super excited for everyone to hear this. So thank you so much for being on.
1: Hey, anytime, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. All right. Adios, podcast. <laughs>